0: Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch.
1: Welcome everyone to Wilson Recovery. It is October 30th. We are almost... Halloween Eve. Yeah, it was Halloween Eve, but we are almost out of 2017. I mean, it this burned by, didn't it? It really did. It's been quite a year. You know, and another scary thing that uh, to share with you, I'm a I'm coordinator for Toys for Tots for the county that we live in, and... Uh, Right around this time, somewhere around October, November, November, December, I get no relief whatsoever. I'm scrambling and picking up all the toys and sorting them all out and everything like that. Last week, we we helped like 7,000 children and we gave out. Uh, almost twenty-six thousand toys. Uh, so the kids in our the kids in our county, as well as around the around the nation. Um, you know, if I want to just say, if you see a Dropbox for Toys for Tots spent through a five dollar toy in it, a six, seven dollar toy in it. That goes a long way to a child who does not have anything in Christmas. Yeah, less a less fortunate child. Program. Yeah, it is. And it's been around, it's been in existence since nineteen forty seven. And um, you know, I'm proud and um privileged to be able to be part of that organization. I mean I was a uh am a Marine, but I was an active duty marine and uh to be able to give back is just so incredible so many years later i was in from 84 to 80 82 to 86 and i was untold at that time (laughs) (laughs) and it's good to be able to volunteer and it's good to get the community behind this program you've
2: been doing it for that long
1: no i haven't been all of that time i did it while i was an active duty marine and when they Uh, told me to do it right and now i've been doing it for the past three years here in port st lucie and uh, For Pierce, Florida and St. Lucie County, you know, it's it's rewarding. It's tough work. Uh, You know, I dread December. 24th because I know I'm still running around crazy yeah. delivering toys that people didn't come pick up that ordered, but I'm grateful for December 26th because Christmas is over. Oh,
2: and I actually am too, know, and I well, I'm sure I'm sure the world. Like
1: I'm sure whoever celebrates Christmas is grateful for December 26th, except the retailers.
2: and well, the kids, they love it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's a play with the toys, yeah. so you know that they they have to. But yeah, Christmas is coming. It's it's, it's less than 60 Black days Friday away. Are already out. Yeah, it's less than 60 days away. Huh, that's a scary thought. So back on to what we intend to speak about. I see here I, I got an um an article from October 25th a couple of days ago that Walgreens will stock stock opioid overdose reversal drug naloxone nationwide. Now, um it's the spray kind, and from what you said, that that's more...
2: That seems to be used, I mean, in people's homes. You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of moms that have it because you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah,
1: you know, and, and, and in that
2: form, I think that's something... Well,
1: it's easier to
2: just, you know, it's easier to use if you're not, you know, a nurse, a first responder, or somebody that knows how to do injections and where and That's injected. the only
1: kind that I have to do you a know, first responder was the, was the injection Having it used on me uh, was the only uh, kind that they was the injection kind. I think, you know, it would be cool to just have in your global compartment or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, if you, you know, so you're not going to go around looking for people that are overdosing. But, I mean, if you are ever somewhere and something happens, somebody has some type of, for lack of a better word, allergic reaction to what it is that they're doing, it's always good to have. Because, it is, because it know,
2: actually belongs. Uh,
1: yeah. actors. And, you know, That's I would right. like to say there are people out there that, you know, bash it and, and, you know, do its exists and all of that stuff. But I would like to say that the majority of people who have experienced or have had to experience Narcan, Learn a valuable lesson from it. And I think they learn to, you know, I think they, there's a lot of people out there, you know, and, and they, we only see the cases of the people who we use it on them last week, twice, three times, four times. Yes, there are those cases out there, but the majority of cases of people, um, their lives have been saved. And I think, you know, redemption comes from that. I mean, I would like to believe that. I don't think that everyone is that such a chronic user that you have to chase them five, six, seven, ten times. I mean, look how many times people end up in detox. So do we shut the door on detox? No. So why do we shut the door and why do we complain about knocking? And yes, there's a cost, you know, there's a monetary uh, value to it. But, but can
2: you put a, a price on a life
1: and that's no, what you're doing is saving no, a life? No, absolutely. And, and
2: you know, with the, with the I was reading statistics about the fentanyl and carfentanil, and apparently, uh-huh. of the 144 or so, or 92 or however many per day, about 50 of those are because of fentanyl. A good lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was a that, that was a statistic that was printed, so you know you're going to see more overdoses because the drugs are stronger and right.
1: you know the human body just can't withstand it and i think at that at that moment, and, and people who are not uh you or or people who have not indulged in um mm-hmm. making that bad decision that's all it really is is a bad decision to to use something that uh becomes totally uncontrollable um you know, my, my mind tells me, like, remember remember when. And I feel for the people who have to get hit with Narcan on Monday and then Wednesday and then this Monday and Wednesday. They can't get out of it. Right. It's it's jails, institutions or death. And they're kind of canceling out the first two they're they're going they're, Their they're disease is going, going for yeah. death
2: because the drugs are stronger
1: yeah, and it's and that's someone's child that's someone's mother that's someone's sister that's yeah. someone's brother, and here we are as a society willing to cast that way because we're throwing a monetary value on on something that we are putting over someone 's life, you know if it if we had to use in i mean granted the the city the community takes takes a hit you know tax wise and and all that stuff but what happened little johnny who lives on your street is the kid that the one that's overdosing and can't get out of it three, four, five, six times and then all of a sudden becomes a productive member of society. Is he still a castaway or has he become something that... Um, he might actually be better than he would have been had he not had the absolutely. experience. Because, absolutely. you know,
2: you learn empathy and I think you, you learn a lot of life lessons that you would not know otherwise and certainly unpleasant ones but yet and still uh, those lessons can be used to better your life and the lives of the people or around you or even to
1: share that in your experience strength and hope right. with another addict that's going through it so another family that's that's uh, going through that and I don't really think that we will ever be able to pull everybody into the same pool that we are, the mind's the same mindset, because sometimes your mindset isn't the same as mine or mine isn't the same as yours, however you want to look at it. Um, But I do know that the more people that become acceptable, accepting of, The disease factor and the dis-ease factor of addiction, the more people, the better off the ones that are out there trying to struggle with it become.
2: Right, exactly. It's kind of like what we were talking about last week with the, or a couple of weeks ago with the safe addiction sites Mm -hmm. and, you know, where they are treated like human beings, not, you know, garbage in the street. And part of, I think, part of coming out of it is to be treated. Well, treated with compassion and, and caring rather than disdain and you know lock them up, throw them away, they're
1: no good, and let them die. Right, but I would have to say that that there is probably a percentage of like we would say, uh, we were talking about Boston City Hospital, I think it was, uh, or because they were talking about uh, the, the doctors, right. all the doctors within the hospital, voted to research it or voted to go forward with it. I would probably then say that there will be a percentage of workers within that environment that will still be holding that moral issue of, you know, so will they be the ones that, um, well, you know, maybe in something like that, people who are having a moral issue with it may be the ones that are getting the life's lesson as well. That's true. You know, because
2: you, yeah. you know, maybe you can come to see them as human beings who are suffering, sick and yeah. suffering, actually. And yeah, like you, Perhaps you are doing something toward making that suffering less. Yeah. You know, and if you if you have that kind of empathy and compassion, I would hope that they wouldn't let you know addict haters be the ones that are working in those places.
1: No, but it may may do their mojo good to experience that. Oh, I
2: think so. You know, because,
1: because, you know, I I would, I I don't know. I didn't see. I mean, I I see pictures of me, and I was a shell of who I am today. I was 130-something pounds, you know, thinking that I was okay, and I absolutely wasn't. Um, But I think people saw hope in me you know they they didn't give up on me and if they if they didn't see that there was some value there i think maybe they would have a, a lot of people did give up on me and probably still haven't turned back to me 28 years later that's okay that's on them that's what they carry um but i think given the opportunity i wouldn't wish addiction on a family just so you could experience so you could be the one experiencing um the value of of the addict but i think given the opportunity i think everyone like like i say that everybody sh- every uh kid should be in the military for at least mm-hmm. two years i think everyone should have to experience some type of a oh, life lesson with what it is that we deal with and one of the major things that we deal with today is addiction amongst our communities so where where else good would people learn life's valuable lessons than volunteering like if they had kids in school i don't want to teach that to kids so early but i mean you know like the college kids if they had like a i don't know you know something out there because we're, we're we're trying to bring our heads together to Attack this thing, and we have so many people that are against it.
2: Right, as soon as they wake up, still think it's a moral fail. Yeah, you know, bad choices. Yeah, maybe the first time was a bad choice, but from what I understand, pretty much soon after that, it's not a choice anymore, and they don't understand. Yeah, you know, they don't. Unless you've experienced it in some way, mm-hmm. you do not understand. And one of one of the things. That happened to me was I lost my judgment. I was a very judgmental person before. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would judge mothers of acts and, and my mother-in-law being one, thinking, you know, she, she did something wrong. She made mistakes. Yeah. It's her fault. It wasn't. Yeah. I was so wrong. And if she's mm-hmm. still alive today, I would you, tell you her would, that. I you would, would tell her. Yeah, that I could make yeah. an amends for that because that was such, you know, I, of course I didn't say it. Right to now. her, but I now. thought it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. It. And you yeah. know,
2: when I think back on that now, I just think that I was.
1: Yeah, but a- drives your actions. You know what I mean? So, if in your mind you're saying this, then you know what I mean. Like I know today, it's it's a it's a silent prejudice, yes, right? Very much. so. And you know your your actions around an individual may not be as loving, caring, and uh, reassuring. If you have that prejudicial thought in your mind that, you know, this woman's just a drunk. Right. Or this kid is just an addict or this kid, you know, he's a throwaway.
2: Because you don't see the person underneath the disease. And I, I think yeah. it's very hard to see the person underneath the disease sometimes.
1: Yeah, you, ex- you experience what's coming at you versus... Uh, I know that there were people that I grew up with in school... Um, along the way, well, through kid school and stuff like that, along the way, um, would ask, like, oh, what's your problem? Well oh, What do you mean, what's my problem? You know what I mean? Uh, um, I, and, and I used to, you know, at that point when I was already in gear, I was in emotional terror. I was like, I'm an addict, so just, like, keep your wallet away from me because I didn't <laughs> want to deal with them. Yeah. I didn't want to deal with them, you know? Uh, jokingly, um went into public the other day, and there was a mm-hmm. woman that had some kind of something drink. It's a jump drink or something like that. And I asked her what was in it, and she said it had 6% alcohol. What? Right? It was It was in public. She's drinking it in public? No, oh, no, no. They, they asked okay. if we wanted to try it. A little, Are you a kidding little me? Yeah, well, oh, I They mean, should
2: tell you that.
1: Well, they did. They did. Oh. Right? I mean, I'm but sure they would if you they
2: hadn't asked, would they have told you?
1: Probably. I mean, the, the title gave it away. So it's what me ask. Oh, okay. The title of what I'm saying jump, but I mean it was something the title gave it away. So I asked, I said, Is there alcohol in it? She says, Yeah. I guess it's some new uh energy type thing with, with alcohol in it. So uh I, I jokingly said to her I jokingly said to her, There aren't enough cash registers in this place if I <laughs> take this you know, and she kinda she kinda looked at me like and, and I said, you know, I, I just you know choose not to drink alcohol today cuz it makes me do things that I don't want to do and so you know it it's society um does look down their their nose at narcan and things like that but i think
2: oh like, yeah i, I think even around here there were discussions you know in the city council or in the yeah the county commissioners about they didn't want to spend the money on it and blah blah but I don't see how you can let people die. I just do not.
1: No, and you know the the thing about it is is like it says here, Walgreens is stocking it in its eight thousand U.S. locations. Well, they have eight thousand stores, right? That's, how, well, that's no. how big that's how big the drug the drug. Uh,
2: and Walgreens was one of the ones that got in trouble for handing out too many opioids too yeah. so i'm
1: glad they're going the other way but it also says that narcan is also available without a prescription in most cbs pharmacies in 41 states and at rite aid in 25 states so these companies are waking up and saying we're dispensing it out the pharmacy we better have something i don't think that's their mindset but i mean walgreens and cbs and rite aid what is, it's not cigarette anymore, it's, it's pills. <laughs> it's pills, yeah. You know, it's medication. So I think they they need to step up and, and have some accountability. And maybe that's why they do maybe it.
2: Maybe they doing it, I hope. Yeah. I um, hope it's not just, you know, a cash flow thing. But I, I, I I'm glad they're doing it. I hope there are no laws in various states that are preventing it from being dispensed without a prescription and mm-hmm. the ones that are not doing it yet,
1: I haven't researched that so I don't know. Right, I don't even know what the cost value was. It didn't say any article, it just said that they're going to make it... Um,
2: Probably different, depending on location, you know? Yeah. Like, in in places in Kentucky, maybe it wouldn't be as expensive as it is in well, I'm sure gonna like taxes on it. and Yeah, there's going to like be that.
1: taxes on it and everything. Phone lines are open. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Let your voice be heard. You can even share on this if you'd like. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Opinions, options,
3: answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent
4: like many of us, do you feel constantly tired or run down? Weight gain, sugar addictions, stress, and other health issues wear down our bodies and our spirit. You can take control of these and get yourself back on track. Tune into Living Life Naturally with host Lynn Wadsworth. Lynn can help you lower or get rid of migraines, help you maintain a healthy weight, deal with hormone imbalances, and more. Listen live every Friday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time On the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's health and wellness channel.
3: There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how,
0: you are listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show
1: Hey, welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Uh, we had a little snafu on the uh, on the uh, the mic system here. So I had to steal Ellen's mic, and she's out in the other room on the telephone. Ellen, I'm you out there? In the
2: other room
1: <laughs> <laughs> with the dog. Hey, we we make things happen. So yes, we do. On this on this on this next um this next thing that I pulled up, we you know we were talking about knockin with with Walgreens, go <laughs> and then. I see this, uh, are implants for opioid addicts a new hope or a new scam? Now, um, let me read a little bit of this. If a state went through the vampire heart of the nation's opioid epidemic, it might look something like this. Four tiny spines, each smaller than a matchstick, sunk into a drug addict's upper arm. I don't like the word drug addict. I, I don't mind, you know what I mean. It's funny how you were saying uh, you were calling me Sudsy the other day, and and, and, I, and I was and I was and I was owning the moniker addict. But when I see the word drug in front of it, I get a little bit bent. Uh, these implants remain beneath the skin for months, delivering a continuous dose of a drug called buprenorphine which blunts the euphoria of an opioid high. Ideally, a manufacturer says parents will get the implants replaced, patients will get the implants replaced every six months, achieve a lasting sobriety that currently eludes an estimated 2.5 million Americans are addicted to heroin or other opioids. Now, you know, this is almost like the... the, uh, um, birth control type thing, right?
2: It, a lot like that is what it sounds like. But, you know, buprenorphine is the uh, the major ingredient in suboxone and some of oh, the yeah, other... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: But you know, I'm just, and, I'm just saying...
2: to be able to have it continuously administered without making the person get up and take it in the morning and then, you know, thinking, oh, today I'll just get high instead you know, I'll, I'll quit taking it and start, you know, shooting up until it affects me, which is apparently how they do. You wouldn't be able to do it with that. And it I think it also has a little bit of an effect on alcohol. You can't really get drunk either.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's some kind of parameters that the that the client would client patient whatever you want to call them, would have to would have to follow in order to have this uh put in their system, but I I'm, you know, it's it, the the article said, is it a is it a new hope or a new scam? Everything and anything out there can be diverted into a scam. There will be people that are scamming. Um, well, I mean, we we sit down here with with our housing and with our sober housing and and all of that. You know, people making a an illicit dollar off of off of. Uh,
2: there, there's there's people. a lot of money to be made off of the pain of addiction mm-hmm. and the the fear and you know the the hope that people have. You can prey on that and and it, I don't know that it's a scam though. I kind of like the idea of it. And I think yeah. the FDA has been involved. I think it was approved, but I haven't seen or heard of anybody that's using it. And, you know, and I'm in a no, lot I don't of, think online it's, forums I don't, where I. I I just I hadn't seen anybody using it
1: because I don't think it's really out on the street. I think it's still going through the. I think it's going through the process because uh, because I think this would be something that would be all over the place if because it would be people standing in line uh, to get it to see to see if it works, and then of course the scammers would be standing in line too. But you know the 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 article says unfortunately the addict. Addiction treatment industry is fraught with questionable practices, and we have encountered similar requests or demands in the past, which have all been rejected. So I don't even know if this is going to be something that really hits the street. I think it's something that they're looking into to see if this is a feasible alternative for taking the medication on a daily basis or if it's just something that, you know, because it, because the birth control, um, what, what, what is that called? Do you know what the, that there, drug is called?
2: There are a couple of them. There's an injectable that lasts for four to six months. And then there's there was, also the uh, little I think it was the, Nor, yeah. the Norplant implant. That okay. would go under the skin in your upper arm, I think. I don't know. I, I didn't ever use that, but, um. I think it's a good idea, and, you know, eventually yeah. the habit part of addiction might kind of wane because, you know, you can't get high when, when you've got this in your system. Yeah. The way that Suboxone works now is the, the providers, the doctors that actually can prescribe it, have to have a special credential to be able to do it. And they can uh-huh. only have up to a hundred patients at a time. I think they were yeah. changing that, but I haven't heard that it's been changed. It was for, first. So, it was
1: thirty-three. First, it was thirty-three, and then they moved them up to hundred. So I'm sure that they're going to they're going to move them up as well. But this uh, this article here says officials with BioCore RX and company, that's working. FDA approval for implants delivering the trexone said have received demands for money directly from addicts. We have an 800 number <laughs> and people just flat out ask, "How much will you pay me to get your implant? Uh, we okay, tell them we do we tell them we don't treat people and people we work with do that. It shouldn't be happening. It's a form of patient brok- brokering technically, right? So, you know, they're they're trying to, yeah, and it says naltrexone implants are inserted into the abdomen uh, Mm in the last several months. They've been widely used in Europe for years and have Mm -hmm. been prescribed in the U.S. as well, even without the FDA's official stamp of approval, which is usually required before health insurers will agree to pay. So I guess you can get them overseas and have put in here I I don't know anybody who has that but I guess they're available
2: it sounds like a good idea I would hope that they would regulate the pricing of it that's one of the problems with Suboxone it is horrifically expensive unless you have insurance and even if you have insurance you've got to get the pre-approval and they, well, you know, that can of, take a while, and for an addict, that you know, a while just doesn't work.
1: You know, being in the being in the um, toxicology field, uh, you know, in the past, there were a lot of practices that um, had their client base pay; they didn't run it through their insurance. So I don't necessarily <laughs> know. Um, that is still was very
2: be- much in practice.
1: But, but what I'm saying is that it, it must be a fair market value price then, right? I mean, I, I've never purchased it. I mean, I, I think you no, have, it, but I don't... it's
2: very expensive. It's, you know, it's over $400 if you don't have insurance. You can sometimes get a for, coupon what? for a month's supply. That's all you can get at oh, one okay. time.
1: All right, so it's 10, like a little over 10 bucks a pill.
2: Yeah, well, it's not pills; it's sublingual strips Okay.
1: that you put under right. your tongue and dissolve. You're, but, right. you're, um, you're, you're right. You're right. Right, but it's ten, it's ten bucks a ten bucks a day. And I wonder what this. I wonder what this will equate out to it. if you could put it in your system for six months and if you multiply that by eleven, twelve dollars a day, that's gonna be a ridiculous price. So I don't yeah, I think necessarily know going to be know.
2: very expensive. And to get insurance to pay for it is probably going to be a, a painful process. Well then it have, have to go through, through it. Now the is a painful process. Yeah. And then Yeah. And then you have to do it every few months. So they do not make it easy, which is unfortunate. And I don't think they They make it difficult, but they're still not monitoring the way that, you know, the providers handle it. They're supposed to, you know, provide counseling and other things, and a lot of them don't. And a lot of them also will prescribe, you know, for someone with anxiety, they'll prescribe a benzodiazepine, which is, Uh you know, you can get hooked on those, and you can abuse those, and suboxone, and, and, uh, you know, buprenorphine are not going to help that.
1: No, absolutely not. No,
2: you know, just throwing a lot of drugs at people without any other intervention I think is is not good, but a lot of people are making a lot of
1: money unfortunately, and so that's what's happening well i guess I guess ultimately that's where the scam factor comes in, you know yeah. where you know these doctors that are not doing what is right for their client base and doing what is right for their pockets. That's the mm-hmm. starts the downhill uh, side of where other people can get in and find a way to make it a, make, make a way to buck off. Now, with some of these, I don't know, like some people stay on those uh, on Suboxone for life. And I do know that methadone clinics and stuff like that, they have like a maintenance program where they step you down and you don't even, you're not even aware. So you're on a, a certain percentage and you sign paperwork saying, you know, you'll, you'll follow the, you know, you'll adhere to the program. So there's, there's different parameters. They, they give you urines and things like that and the statuette. X, and they slowly drop you down to you know within a within an eighteen month period, two year period. So there may be a six month period where you're just drinking orange juice and you don't even know it. You don't know. Now, now the funny thing about that is is that if an addict, and the majority of them, like I used to tell you when when I was out fishing, and you knew you fishing, you know you couldn't get it physically. I was okay until the captain said, "Shake them out. We're going home." And then, and then my my whole system, my 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 whole system kicked back in. So there could be people that are out there that are on, you know, not necessarily things like this because it's a slow slow drip, but like a monitored uh, program where they're not even taking a drug, and their life is, you know, they're dependent going and getting that orange juice, but their life has already passed. The addictive stage, and once they're told six months later that hey, it's been six months, they immediately flow back into the need, which is crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's was, what that's you know. What, I was
2: thinking that you know, after a certain period of time, perhaps the need or the habit part of of you know the the drug habit would have been taken care of. But
1: I guess it, yeah, it, it's, it's well, it's you know, it's more of a psychological like they say, thing a, too. Yeah, it's a threefold disease—spiritually, mentally, and and uh, physically—and physically and spiritually, you be getting better, and mentally thinking, "Hey, man, this is this is you know I'm I'm going down the right path," and then somebody says, "Nay, nay, nay, you're not taking your stuff. You haven't for four months. Boom, it all comes flying right back in again. It's wow. it's nuts. But but see, that's why counseling and all of that other stuff that goes along with it." is the positive venture to keep them going. Because ultimately when they find out, they have a base of counseling and base of understanding that, you know, they too could be part of the program that is just getting orange um, You know, I think that people would be better equipped to get that. Now it's almost like walking into a doctor's office and, and the doctor's saying, uh, hate to tell you this, but you got cancer. Whoa, what do I do with that? How do I, How does my, my body shock at that moment? And I think that's what happens to some of these addicts once they find out that they don't have that blanket coverage per se. Boom, body shock. And what's the first thing what's the first thing an addict does is flight? So um, I think all the counseling and everything else that goes along with it, is, you know, you can't just get these things put in your arm or in your stomach, in your abdomen and just go along with life like Yeah, just
2: walk away.
1: No. It just it needs doesn't to be work there's
2: A program that goes with it. And and my fear is because I've seen what's happening with Suboxone, they're supposed to, but there really isn't one in a lot of places. Um, my fear is that it'll just be, you know, implanted or whatever you do and mm-hmm. see you in a few months. And yeah, and and that's the bad. Gonna thing. Do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because then I mean, it becomes it
2: may keep someone alive, which is a
1: good thing. But it may not. Yeah, you know, but in because at the end, zero. I, I
2: just I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's a, I think it's. I think it's a. It's it's a, right in the right direction, but you know, ab- abstinence is is second to none. Um. You know, crutches. I don't snore my aspirin today. You know what I mean? So um, abstinence is the greatest benefit or the the greatest game in the world with addiction. If you abstain, then you're not going through the motions of telling yourself every single day somewhere subliminally in there. You have something under your skin giving you what you need. Stop it, you know? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I I, I know that there are people out there, and I I know that suboxone and buprenorphine and all of that stuff does work with people's lives.
2: It definitely saves a lot of lives. It definitely saves a lot of lives. You know, maybe people who aren't ready for abstinence or are afraid of it or, you know, just can't handle it, but they can handle this, and they can live a normal life and you know we we are
1: things we are telling them with these soft gadgets that they can handle this versus abstinence if it was only when i got clean none of this stuff was around it was sink or swim dude You know what I mean? And now we keep throwing these silly little life preservers to people and and they're false life preservers. You know, I mean it's we're not we're not making a society better. We're just taking it's it's more like we're trying
2: to to put a band aid on the damage that's already been done.
1: Right. It's like them giving me like – it's like yeah, them giving yeah, me ritalin I when i was a little kid you know what i mean it was a teachers or it was a, it was it was more so to stop the um, behavior well, to make versus
2: you manageable for them rather than you know right. maybe teaching in a manner that you could learn
1: Right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, bring this back up in a few minutes. We're uh, getting ready to go to break. So, phone, phone lines are open. Dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. We will be back in a moment.
2: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
3: Sometimes it just seems that nobody understands. There's one individual who can help. If you're living with somebody who faces challenges such as autism, Asperger's, or other exceptional needs, you'll want to tune into Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Together, we'll uncover a variety of solutions to the challenges faced by individuals, their families, and teachers. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo. to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick?
0: Do you
4: find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune in to Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
1: Hey, welcome back. Phone lines are open. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Ellen and I have been talking about uh first, in the first segment about Narcan being available at Walgreens and CVS and Rite Aid. I'm going to do a little bit of research on that and find out... um how much it is so that I can share with people who are looking to maybe put some in their glove compartment, keep it at home, have it in their purse, have it in their, in their shirt pocket. Um, Because I know that I have encountered even while I was clean and this wasn't while I was working as a firefighter, you know, a a first responder, um, I have, Come, I've encountered people who are actively overdosing, and ultimately there was nothing. I mean, wh- what do you do when you're? Yeah, that's the only way Joe, to it. Right, when you're Joe citizen and you're in the middle of a shopping center and somebody goes out, what do you do? You don't know what. Do. I have a little bit of a base of knowledge, but if I don't have what it takes to be to pop that person back up the floor, then. What good is my knowledge? You know. Well, yeah, we could be giving him this at this moment. So what? Do you, so what do you do if if this is available? Then you may want to make a conscious decision to have it available for your neighbor, to have it in your in your pocket, in your car, in your purse for a community member. I'm sure that you will not kick yourself in the tail if you have to use it and somebody chooses to stay back out there that's not on you at that point you did the right thing you helped that individual that's what it's about i mean our world is gone from help mode and um i think we need to kind of press back to it um oh, definitely you are- go ahead
2: well i just I, I feel like um in today's society the way that things are everybody should have it just like you said in your car in your purse in your house because you never know. I'm fortunate that I did not ever have the need for it, but you really never know when you
1: will. True. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to use kind of a, a strange analogy, but, you know, in today's society, if you don't have a gun and you need it, in the world that we live in, you're on the news. Right. So, um... The, the same and it's token I kind of with this, yeah, yeah, well I mean, i'm I'm using kind of a strange analogy because, like you know, I, I think that you know, my my mindset was never to carry a gun. It's a little bit different in the world that we live in. I need to protect me and my and and the people that I love. and 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 you know, so my mindset has changed a little bit. And so mm-hmm. that means that if you think in your own, you're sitting with yourself and you are a staunch objector, of carrying Narcan I respect that Um, but if you think maybe you might help a community member who has a child who has a mother who has a father who has a sister who has a brother who has anyone in their life that would do the same for your loved one then stick that in your pocket what's it harming hopefully you'll never have to use it but Hopefully you're not the one safe in the, than sorry. right. Hopefully you're not the one in the crowd that needs it because someone you love just went out and you don't have it. That's a sobering. That's a sobering thought right there. That you know I don't ever want to be the individual in a gunfight with a knife, right? <laughs> exactly. So,
2: and I, so, I know people who literally take it to park and hand it out. Because they know, you know, places where there are a lot of, of ads right. who are using. Because they but it know, takes, just never know.
1: Right. But it takes a different individual to do that. It takes somebody with a different mindset. But a community well, so this member... who's been there, so she knows. Right. Well, I know. I'm just saying. But a community member who wants to quell this epidemic this that is that is killing our loved ones, put one of those in your pocket. I don't know what the price is. I'll find out, and, and I'll share it, um, you know, so that if somebody out there is looking to be part of the effort, then by all means, who knows, you may be the one that is totally against it right now. Buy one, have to use it, and be the one who goes to the other extreme the and ends <laughs> it out. You never know. So just don't shut that. Just don't shut that door. There's t- too many people shut too many doors on people who need help today. And I'm not just talking about addicts. I'm talking about people that that need me- you know mental mental assistance and 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 people who need housing, people who need yeah. food, food. You know there are people out there who um, are one paycheck away from losing everything and they're productive members of society that have just fallen on, on down times. So do we shut our door on them as well? No. So why do we shut our door on someone who made a bad decision? I used to tell the guys that I was on the fire department with when we would show up at a, at an overdose, well, just one bad decision, away from being that individual on the floor. I made a bad decision, and it cost me... Well, and me it could
2: also be an elderly person who has been prescribed opioid pain medication, and they're taking and it, it, and maybe they're reaction, taking a little yeah. extra. You know, anybody mm-hmm. who is, is exposed to these drugs in any way can overdose, and a lot of people are. So Right, you know, it's because... Not it, just you know, the the typical, you know, shooting up using addict, a lot of older people are overdosing and dying on their pain medication.
1: Right. Yeah, but there are that 50 people that are are doing it on, fentanyl, on, and yeah, fentanyl, on fentanyl and co and stuff. But why not give them the benefit of the doubt as well? I mean, if we're going to classify, if we're going to say, well, we're only going to carry it for elderly people, um, you know. I guess maybe we have the door halfway open at that point, and maybe we can coerce somebody to step in and, and assist. But what well, you know, so many food banks around. We make su- we try to make sure that people don't go hungry. Uh, we fall short daily, but we try to make sure that people don't go hungry. Why aren't we trying to make sure that our population of of sick and suffering, um, active addicted people? aren't dying. Why, why aren't Have we a doing chance.
2: that? Give them a chance.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. And and then we would, you know, we were talking about the, uh, the implants and everything like that. And I think that's a good idea. I just, I just think that there should be some kind of heavy based counseling package that goes along with it. And I can't, you, you know, I mean, you can't put the parameters that if you, if you miss, uh, different weeks of counseling that we're going to pull these things out of you. But, You know, you don't necessarily have to put them back in again.
2: To me, the the responsibility is with the provider. You know, your facility should be doing this as well and making sure that, you know, these people are receiving that type of assistance, too. And hopefully, I don't think President Trump declared a state of emergency, but he did something
1: so there will be some, maybe some money freed up to help with this. State of awareness or a nation awareness or something like that. Like you said, it was something, just not. Yeah it, yeah, it
2: wasn't what we yeah. were hoping for, but it's better than what we had before. So perhaps there will be a little more money available. You know, that's one of the biggest problems. An addict does not have money. An addict and their money are soon parted. So yes. um, it's it's very difficult to find treatment for people. That's affordable and and you know the idea I think is to make it more readily available and cheaper, so hopefully this you know if if they do this, then you know with the the implant, they will do it
1: and not make it so expensive because suboxone is not cheap. And, you know, the, the, you know we, we share that, you know, we're sharing about the United States. I said in that article, it was about Europe and we're an international. We're, 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 I just got the numbers from uh, the weekly and there are a lot of countries that to us in Europe. Um, I know there's a serious time difference, but if those individuals are on the line, by all means, call in and let us know how your uh, country combats addiction. You know, if if these if these implants are available in England or Ireland or in Germany, um, call in and, and and share how you know share your knowledge because we as Americans don't know. I mean, I'm sure I, I don't, I'm going to say I don't know how England. Uh, processes there I I know little things but I don't necessarily can share how the United States and I'm going to say this neglects our addicts but I don't know if England and Germany and China or anywhere like that does the same has the same effect you know I mean like I don't know if addiction has the same effect on the country I know in Portugal they look at it completely different and they embrace but they did a big suffering.
2: turnaround, I think, you know, maybe um, 15 or 16 years ago because they had a big problem, and, you know, they, they started looking at it from a different angle, and it worked, you know, and that right. was to do the safe <clears> injection sites, start, start treating people like human beings and help them, and, it, you know, it appears to be successful. I think Iceland did the same thing.
1: Right. right. And I I would venture to say that a lot of these other countries are doing it as well. And, um, you know, they're getting, granted, they're probably getting some negative results, which you're always going to get. You're going to. Slowly, that that swing will change. And if we can make a change in the United States by copying what Portugal has done or copying what some other country has done, it's not like we're not trying to, like, rewrite a book here. You know, this is an original thought. We just need to follow what is working. And, and what we are doing right now is not working. So Definitely all of this stuff, working. carrying knocking, and and putting these things in and this and that and the other thing, these are all Band-Aids. You know, the, the war on drugs we lost immediately as soon as the, there was a war on drugs. So now what do we do? We need to not... Try to rewrite something. We need to follow what is in place. If Portugal's drug policies are working, then we need to stop yeah, mimicking them. Let's, let's
2: take a look at what works. We need to study what works, and I think that's what we're not doing. You know, like you said, we're still fighting the war on drugs that's already been lost. We're still into just say no, which we know didn't work. Right. As a matter of fact, probably had the opposite effect on people. Like you said, if they told me no, I wanted to do it.
1: Yes, exactly. So what exactly. we're
2: doing isn't working. Let's let's study what does. And um, you know, I don't know that anyone actually is. There's a lot of talk, but I don't see a lot of action yet. And in the meantime, we're losing people. No, because it's people.
1: because it's safe to be able to. Flop your feathers around saying, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that, and then go about your business during the week generating cash off this multi-trillion dollar business, which is recovery. Yes, true. You know, and we only have about a minute left. On the opposite side,
2: pharmaceuticals.
1: Right. Well, yeah, that's what I meant as well, which, which is a uh, heftier price tag. We only have about a minute left, Ellen, so if you want to say a few words real quick uh, before we cut you off.
2: Well, I just um, I hope everyone out there listening has heard what we're saying. Check in to getting Narcan. Uh, love your addicts. Take care of them if you can. And sure. I hope everybody has a great week.
1: Right. And with that, I will sign off saying, with Miracles in Recovery, remember, hope is in your corner. In your corner. We will speak to you next week. Stay blessed.
0: Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery.